Greetings and welcome to another episode of Credo Podcast, the place where I try to uphold Catholic truth in a world overrun by relativism. I'm Father Peter Duganzik. You know, there are a few things that are like my Father Peter pet peeves. And today I want to talk about one of those little pet peeves because I think it's important for all of us, especially as Catholics, to acknowledge the fact that not everybody goes to heaven. But first, let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you died and rose to give hope to all the world. Your death and resurrection has meaning for all those who believe. Allow that meaning to overwhelm us and to give us the strength of conviction so that as we go forward in this life, we keep our eyes set on the life to come where you are Lord forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So the other day, I, of course, I go on Facebook from time to time and I see the things that people are posting. And there is one particular post that shows up often enough that kind of gets me a little bit to the annoyed side. And it's all these people who will post a message for someone in heaven. So, for instance, it was Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day in heaven, Mom. Or it's a birthday. Happy birthday in heaven, Dad. Or it's an anniversary. Grandma and Grandpa, happy anniversary in heaven. Now, to presume that anybody is in heaven, I think, is part of the problem because we Catholics have always said the same thing. While heaven and hell are the two eternal realities, in between is a thing called purgatory. Now, those who go to purgatory, we pray for. And to assume that anybody automatically upon death went to heaven is not Catholic doctrine. Think of it this way. There are so many people today that die who didn't die in a perfect state of grace. You don't have to be an Einstein to figure this out. You may yourself be a believer. You may yourself be, you know, someone who loves Jesus Christ. But we've always talked about this one little thing that we need to admit. And here it is. Sometimes there are sins that cling to our soul. So one of my goals, of course, when I die is that I have last rites, that I receive the last rites of the church, that in that last moment of my life here on earth, hopefully I can receive the Holy Eucharist and have viaticum, that is food for the journey. That's one of the more perfect ways to die if we can die in a state of grace. But also, too, I have to acknowledge the fact that a priest may come along at the hour of my death. He may anoint me, forgive me my sins, do all the things that are needed to assist me to get into heaven. But there's always this sin that could potentially cling to my soul. One of the prayers that we use at, at a funeral liturgy is to forgive any sins that clung to the person. And I think that that's something that we need to acknowledge because we all have that propensity to sin. I've said it many times. I'll go to confession. I'll confess a particular sin, and I'll walk out of the confessional, and it's not that I've committed the sin again, but I still have that propensity, that desire, that inclination to sin again. And I think we forget that. And the same thing can be true for even some of the holiest people we know. They can be truly holy, prayerful, wonderful people, and that's not saying that they're not in a state of grace, but there's that sin that they know, that Achilles heel that, of which they are aware that they know they have to work on. 
It's what we call repentance. It's why we keep repenting. It's why I, I examine my conscience every day. It's why I keep looking deep into my soul and asking God for more grace, grace to overcome my sins, grace to help me so that when I do reach my time, I die in a state of grace. Now, here's one of the factors that I think we all overlook. People are dying all the time who have not had a priest come to their side. People are dying all the time who were not anointed any reasonable amount of time before their death. People are dying all the time and really struggling and going through all of these issues, if you will, these problems, if you will, of being attached to sin. And we shouldn't assume that that person went directly to heaven. You know, if we assume that all the people who were sinners who died unrepentant went to hell, that would also be cruel. Now, is hell a reality? Yes, absolutely, hell is a reality. Are there souls that go to hell? Yes, absolutely, there are souls that go to hell. There's no doubt in my mind that these realities are for sure. There are plenty of souls, I believe, who die who will go directly to heaven. There are those souls that we know are in heaven, we call them saints. But what happens to the rest of us? Those who are not so graphically evil that we deserve hell, those who have not rejected God so completely that we deserve hell, but also those who are not so perfectly saintly and holy and have the exact qualities necessary to stand purely before the throne of God, we've always called that purgatory. And if we assume that everybody who died is already in heaven, then there's no reason for us to even think that we need to pray for them in death. Here's where I have the struggle. If we keep wishing mom happy anniversary in heaven, happy birthday in heaven, happy Mother's Day in heaven, does that mean that we've stopped praying for her soul in death? Now, I know for some people, they still pray for their souls. They still pray for their mother because they miss them so much. They want to pray for their father because he was such an important part of their life. And I get that. But the types of prayers that are missing nowadays, the types of prayers that no longer are important to people. My aunt, God rest her soul, lived to a little over 100 years old. And every year she had a list of 12 to 15 names and particular dates on which she would have liked to see a mass be said. The holy sacrifice of the mass for those whom she loved. So many people today don't even understand why they should have masses said for their deceased, why they should be able to pray for those who have gone before them. And that is, I believe, to our detriment because it's so important that we pray for the deceased, that we have masses offered for them, that we try to gain indulgences on their behalf, that we do say the prayers for the deceased as I used to tell the kids when I would teach this in 7th in and 8th grade, in other words, it's my responsibility to love that person into heaven. And how do we do that? We pray for them in death. We make sure that the holy sacrifice of the Mass is offered on their behalf. We make sure that we say these specific prayers, gain indulgences, offer those specific prayers that hopefully will assist them in their final purgation, their final purging of any sin that had been clinging to their soul. We want to die a graceful death, a grace-filled death. But for so many of us, we will die that grace-filled death, but still somehow be attached to our sins, still somehow be, in effect, held back and held onto because of that sin. And that needs to be finally purged. 
And so here's my recommendation to any Catholic listening to my voice right now. Make a couple of changes in your thoughts. Number one, hope and pray that your loved one is in heaven. But as part of that hope and prayer, remember to love them deeply. Love them so much that should they have to spend any time in purgatory, you can do your best to shorten it in your lifetime on this earth. That you can do your best to make a difference in their eternal destiny. That means having masses said, praying the prayers of the church, gaining indulgences on their behalf, doing the things that traditionally we've always done. As proof of my own argument here, if you will, so many places I have now been assigned. When I was first ordained a priest, even some 20, almost 28 years ago now, when I was first ordained a priest, there used to be lines, I mean long lines of people who wanted to get masses said when the new mass book opened up. Now we can run a mass book through most of the year and into next year and still have plenty of open slots, which indicates to me that not many people are jumping on the bandwagon of having masses said. You can see it also too, and, and you can talk with my brother priest, you can see it also too in the lack of people engaging in the novenas that we offer for the deceased. We have, you know, like a Father's Day novena, a Mother's Day novena, Christmas bouquets, we have Easter bouquets. These are those collective intentions in which someone can enroll their loved one and masses on Easter, Christmas, or for nine days following Mother's Day or Father's Day, a mass is being said and the sacrifice of the mass being offered for them. The number of people enrolling their loved ones has dropped tremendously. We used to get thousands of envelopes back. Now if we get hundreds back, and so I encourage everybody, please, please, please love your loved ones into heaven. Love your loved ones into heaven. Don't presume that they're already there. Don't just say that, well, because they went before me, they got there. Maybe they did. Maybe they are. But by the same token, help them if they're not. And I always, always will say the same thing. The holiest people I know, I mean, I'll even speak of my aunt as one of the holiest people I've ever known, and I still pray for her. I still have masses said. It, there was an old wives' tale, I guess it, it might even have some truth to it, that the mother of a priest automatically gets into heaven. And the, reason that, the reasoning that was behind it is that most likely the son loved the mother so much that he would be offering masses for her soul all the time. And so for my aunt, for my own mother, for, my, for the women in my life that I, I loved as mothers, uh, my cousin Martha and a few others, I say masses for their souls all the time, all the time. And you should do the same. Have masses said for your loved ones. This is an important thing, and I think we as Catholics need to embrace this. I really think that we have reached a point in our own history where we need to embrace this. So do yourself a favor and... Challenge yourself. Are you assuming that your loved ones made it to heaven? Are you acting in such a way that they now need your prayers but are not getting them? That they need you to have masses said for them but none are being said? Are they waiting and waiting for someone to love them into heaven? Here's the challenge, I think, for you and for me. To once again start to have our own minds change. To have our own ways adapt to have our Catholicism reborn. So do me a favor. If you haven't done it yet and you've lost a loved one, head to the church. Go on their website if you can and arrange to have a mass said. Maybe have an annual mass said each year. 
may be enrolled them in a purgatorial society where prayers will be offered regularly for their soul. Maybe try to do your best to gain an indulgence, to do what it takes. And if you don't know indulgences, I might do another whole episode because that in and of itself is such a complicated topic. But, but do what you can to get indulgences for them. From simple little things like offering your rosary on their behalf and meeting the, the conditions of an indulgence by you know, going to a church on its feast day and offering the prayers that are prescribed for that. But do your part to love your loved one into heaven. And so as I bring this to a conclusion, I just want to encourage all, death is not an end, but we do have control over how it ends. We do have control over when it ends, where life will continue. And so we have to do our part on, in this life to prepare for that, but also to have those who will love us after this life to help us when we can no longer help ourselves. If you're listening to these words and are encouraged by them, I encourage you to like or follow this particular podcast. If you're hearing these words and you would like to help, maybe share this podcast with others and ask them to spend some time listening to these words. If you can, do all you can to help support by sharing and liking so that this podcast can become a little bit more popular and make its way to those who need to hear these words. In my final blessing then for you, I'm going to pray that God shed his spirit upon you. If you hear these words right now, that he shed his spirit upon you and give you peace in your heart, give you hope so that you may live as a child of God, and most especially that the love that you have for others will be paid in eternal life. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.